Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest Indeed, welcome back to the greatest show on earth. That is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode. We have the goal back, so of course it is his pick tonight, and he decided to pick Crimson Peak from 2015, directed by Guillermo del Toro. So of course we're going to be talking about that later on in the show, but of course welcoming him back after a short hiatus, the bold, the beautiful, the ghoul geek Keith. Hello, hello, hello. Indeed, I have returned. The holidays are done. The chaos is always still present here at the house, but we're uh, we're going to try to to make this uh, a regular thing. If not within the next month or so, I'll uh, I'll definitely be back for 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 everything by the time February rolls around. Excellent. Excellent. Always glad to have you back. And we're also joined by the psychotic Simeon himself. Fresh out of the cage, he's out of tapioca. <laughs> hey there, Fright fans, this is your mad monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic with my ever-so-sexy and ever-so-horny co-host, the Talking Terror crew. Oh, what's up, fellas? It's so glad to have the crew back. Oh, man, I miss you, Goo. Oh, Oh, Goo, you the Goo Glad. I, I like it. Oh, and oh, the whole crew's here because it sounds like the demonic Dr. Dave is in here, too. Is that the demonic Dr. Dave I right hear? It is. I have to say, Monkey, you're like shot out of a fucking cannon tonight, man. I feel like well, you said more <laughs> words than I've heard you say in quite some time. You didn't hear man, how I mi- started that? It was a big, uh, and here I am at the Magic Monkey at the Magic Monkey <laughs> <laughs> I heard that he's he's horny oh, and he's okay. he's raring to go and I heard all kinds of stuff. I'm, what can I say, man? I miss okay. all you fuckers. We the whole family's back together, man. This is awesome. <laughs> yes, yes it is. A happy New Year to everybody for sure. Happy New Year. Day. <laughs> so long, Mary Kwanzaa, yeah. Irish. So long, <laughs> however, yeah. however, Mar- people may celebrate. May the force be with you all. And also, with oh, you. Oh, look at that! All right, out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very crafty. Yeah. Speaking, crafty. speaking of which, I, I, I did have a chance to check out uh, Star Wars: <laughs> Rise of Skywalker with my family, so I got to check that out. Did not. I was not there. Didn't I have tickets a month ahead of time like the Gula Geek did? Uh, someone clapping in the background there? What's going on? <laughs> Somebody's really happy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not me. <laughs> but no. I did, did, but I did get to check it out. You know, it was fun. I was, I'll just leave it. I guess they did the best they could to close out this saga. You know. Well, I mean, here's a question. <laughs> I mean, Doc, have you gotten to see it yet? Uh, yes, I did. I thought I oh, told you okay. that. Okay, so then the, the, no, you didn't. So all right, so then we're not worried about spoilers anymore. As far as anybody, no, let's, let's talk about it, man. 
spoilers are done. Okay, it's been multiple weeks now. You know, all, all bets are off. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if I you want to do a quick go around here. What did you think about it, Doc? Uh, I have to say that at some point uh, when it comes to the the new Star Wars films, starting with A Force Awakens, of which I have seen all of them but Solo. I did not yet see Solo. I will say that I have I made the conscious choice to like not take them so super seriously and just to enjoy the fact that I'm seeing Star Wars movies uh, like crafted with fun and care on the big screen. And I I liked it, man. Like, is it a perfect film? No. Is there any way they could have made a perfect Star Wars film? Probably not. Uh, there's just too many people with too many ideas that I feel no matter what they're going to put out, for the most part, the reviews and what everyone says is going to be mixed. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it and say it ruined everything. I think it's super fun. I had a really good time in the movie theater. Hmm. Okay. Who's next? Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I just wasn't happy with this saga to, be, to begin with in general. It's just with um, – Disney acquiring it and then to, to doing their own spin on it, I thought they were trying too hard to give it a Marvel feel where too many people were having too many one one liners throughout the you know all of the movies. Like too many people were trying to be uh, co- you know comedic sidekicks throughout the entire thing, um, and I I think that they just did Is their somebody's best to try microphone having some kind of problem or something because I'm getting like yeah I think you're something. Yeah, what are you I'm, getting? I'm getting it too. All right, so let me let me. I'm just gonna try something, and I'm gonna push a button on my computer and tell me if this is the sound you're talking about. Was that it? Oh, fix. It's up there. Was that? It's, it's not making was, the sound. Was that now. it? All right. <laughs> yeah. so I, I thought maybe it was me because I'm I'm actually in our mm. studio on the computer, just kind of cleaning up all the sound clips that I have in there. So I thought maybe the clicking might have been that, but I guess not. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I think Might they did the best they could with it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like the movie reel was over and it was just flapping on the projector. Um, but, but yeah, I think they did the best they could to clean up uh, what happened in 7 and 8. I mean, because even in 9, they even you know ha- have a one bit where they even make fun of episode 7 where they even you know tr- trash the Starkiller base you know, <laughs> and talk shit about the Starkiller base. You know, so I think they realized what they did, and they were just trying their best, make the best of what they could with this last movie. Okay. So, King, did you get to see it or no? No. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do the beep. He doesn't do the beep beep sci-fi. He doesn't. No, he just doesn't believe yeah. in Star Wars. He, he's a Star Trek yeah. fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so I mean, listen, the, the fact is this, okay, people are divided with this one. Now, they were divided with The Last Jedi as well, but this time around, it is of a vitriol that is, this is either the worst Star Wars movie, there are people that say this is worse than Solo, and there are people that are saying this is worse than the prequels. Um, I would never put it in anywhere near as far as episodes one and two go. Uh, as far as Solo goes, I kind of enjoyed Solo, so that's that's just me. Um, I haven't seen it yet. But the, uh, 
this is a movie that is not going to satisfy everybody, obviously. And no, no. As far as me being a, a hardcore Star Wars fan for a lot of years, yeah, obviously there was a lot of expectation built up going into this film, knowing it's the last film of the Skywalker saga. I expected this to be the kind of movie that not only gave me a definitive, you know, a, a finale, but to, to this trilogy, but it should have been a finale to the nine, to the eight films that preceded it, or nine if you want to do yeah. Rogue One. Um, I love I Rogue One, by the way. I love Rogue, Rogue One. Rogue One was so it's good. Such a great movie. Oh, so good. <laughs> It just, that's where I feel like this film just fell. It failed to close that out. It was trying so hard just to close this trilogy that it failed to close the whole story arc. And the problem is, is that's what they advertise this as. They advertise this as being what closes the arc itself. I felt like there were not enough. It should have been a longer film. Or even, you know what, I know you guys wanted to make it a trilogy. You got eh, everything that was a trilogy. Listen, man, the Harry Potter films took the last book and turned it into two movies. You know, sometimes that's what you got to do. This could have easily been split up. Give us the fan service that we want. Get those little things in there and give us an ending befitting. And for God fucking sake, take the goddamn kid gloves off and kill a fucking character or two. Why doesn't Chewbacca actually uh, die? Let the character die. It doesn't have to be some fucking off-screen They did, death dude. The they, they fucking did. They, they killed Luke Skywalker, they killed Han Solo, and they killed Princess Leia. What do you mean, let a character die? <laughs> Okay, the three characters that they kill. Okay, I, I don't even know if you count. <laughs> what do you mean, let a character die? They killed all three of those characters. <laughs> okay, which is something that we knew. But no, here's the thing: we knew that ahead of time. Each one of these characters were kind of slated to go. Each one. Stop with the fucking sound clips, man! I'm gonna wrap your thing around your throat and hang it with it. I'm not doing oh, it anymore. <laughs> Whatever's happening now, it's not me. I've stopped. It's not me. Um, you know, like okay, than going in, chicken. Han. <laughs> sound like chickens. Right? We lost so many of them. We only have three left now. Um, Chicken fried. Stop know. joking. Yeah. Them. Oh, well. I'm hungry. Can't help it. <laughs> so, all right. So, like Chewie's death. That should have stayed. C-3PO. I mean, why bother giving him his memory back at the end? You know, that's it made me sad when they took it away. And it was like, yeah. okay, you know what? I get that. That's that's good. I wanted to have feeling. Make me fucking cry. There's been eight films. This has been a saga over 42 years of my life. Mm. You didn't Make get all weepy something. when she went back to Tatooine? God, no. I did. God, no. I, I got a little weepy. Uh, and the last <laughs> words that should have come did. out of that girl's <laughs> mouth were fucking Skywalker, too. You know what, man? What has this entire series been about the whole time? Hope. Everything's been about hope. They said hope a thousand times in this movie. The goddamn series started off with a movie called A New Hope. Why isn't her goddamn name Hope by the end of the series? Why does it become Skywalker? She should have looked at him and said, Hope. My name is Hope. End of series. Boom. Fucking microphone drop. And it makes sense. That's how you close something like this out. There weren't enough calls to the original to, to the prequel series either, and I know as much as Disney wants to stay away from them, guess what? They exist. They exist because they're on Disney Plus, assholes. Give us some mention of that kind of stuff. Close the circles and loops. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I had feelings. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree, man. It's like because um at the same time, uh right before that we uh sat down with Ian and watched all of the Mandalorian and Ian loved that. I before I made him watch Mandalorian, I made him watch the Star the Star Wars holiday special just so he would get all the life day references. You know. Um oh, poor thing. You know. But, you know, Ian was just laughing because after the movie, you know, he was in there talking about some of the cheesiness of there, and he was like, and, and, you know, and not one cameo by B. Arthur. They went back to Tatooine, and they couldn't have one cameo by B. Arthur. Are you kidding me? You know. Oh, isn't she dead? But, uh, Is she dead? I think she's dead for a while. That, that, that's, not gonna stop, that's not going to stop Disney. <laughs> they can totally see the That's very true, very true. <laughs> I mean, they could. I think the monkey yeah, has I mean, a point. Have, what, what was uh, was it? Chewbacca's kid's name Stinky or something? No, Stinky is uh, Jabba the Hutt's kid. Oh, uh, what was uh, Chewie's kid's name in that damn special? I forget, man. They were all ugly Lumpy. shit. Lumpy. Lumpy. You, you know, you know, I thought it was weird. This the scene when uh, when Chewie like dropped to his knees and started like flailing all around in sadness. Uh, that didn't make any sense to me. He didn't even really react when Han Solo died. He just like screamed yeah. and shot a bunch of stormtroopers. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these are like little things. Like okay, you know, like little things that were never said, right? But everybody knows. Why is Chewbacca always with Han? Well, he owes him a life debt. You know, it's one of those things. Yeah. Like yeah, they are partners, but it's like a life thing. So you know what? When Han dies, where does that go? That goes to Leia. Why he's running around with Rey and everybody? I don't know. I mean, I guess Leia's the general and all that shit. But you know what? Chewie should have died defending Leia. You give him a heroic death, not a fucking medal at the end of the movie. Even though but I he didn't get a medal in A New Hope. For some reason, they didn't give him a medal in A New Hope. The funny thing is, right, like, I get to the movie, and I get in my seat, you know, and I'm sitting there, I'm all comfortable, you know, a bunch of people start trickling in here and there. Some dude walks in with his girlfriend, and... You know, I guess I, I, I miscounted the seats, and I was one seat over. And he looks at me, okay, and this fucking douche. And he's like, yeah, nope, up. And like, I looked at him like, what? <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah, seat whatever number. And he's like, no, that's uh, this one and this one. I was like, oh, I'm one seat over. I move over. I'm right in the middle now. So I'm like, whatever, asshole. I got the better seat, you jerk. Um, you know, can, so I, way, can I, I just like, stop you right there for a second? Because very sure. interestingly... Uh, my theater in town finally went modern, and now any time you buy tickets, you have to select your seats in advance. It's not, you know, we finally yeah. reached the modern age. Uh, so anyway, I purchased my ticket the night before, went on the computer. Uh, you know, all the available seats are in white. All the taken seats are in red. Uh, there was maybe three seats together in like a close to the front center aisle uh, taken, and the rest of the theater was empty, and I picked the seat in the very back row, dead center, uh, the entire row and almost every other row in the theater was completely white. Uh, when I got to the theater, there were like a few more people there, but uh, I just saw this last Thursday, so most people had been out to see it already. So the theater was like not very crowded at all, and I know that I was the first person to buy a seat in my row. Some fucking dude bought the fucking seat right fucking next to me. Uh, walked fucking in and sat down right fucking next to me. And I didn't say anything, but in my mind, I'm like, who the fuck looks at a whole open fucking theater of seats and picks a seat uh, right next to, like, one other person? Uh, I was, like, dumbfounded. Dude, so I'm sitting there. It happened to and be then a he, Rambo, bro. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, this guy, I guess he went to like get some snacks or something and like came back and sat down like two or three seats over, uh, from where he, his seat was, but it just, it made no sense to me. I remember that that happened to you at Rambo and you and the guy ended up like, like giving each other hand jobs or something, but I wasn't trying yeah, to go down there. We ended up hanging out at the end <laughs> afterwards at the end of the movie. I've never seen the guy again. But that's like the whole, it's the whole toilet <laughs> stool little, rule. You little, know what I mean? Like, cool listen, glide, there's a rule cool behind that. And quit it going on. <laughs> <laughs> you know. um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, anyway, the movie goes through and everything. The girls all all whatever at the end of the film, and we're like we're 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 walking out, and you know she's like, oh, I didn't want him to die, and you know what? Like I was so like just in like one as it is. I didn't to her. I had no problem with, but her boyfriend was a dick. But I was so upset and pissed at the movie that like I looked at her like dead and angry and was just like I would have fucking killed them all and just like she like <laughs> turned around and started like walking just a little bit faster you know like I think I better go before there's a situation here <laughs> but, yeah, and yes the Mandalorian was fantastic oh yeah yeah it was um but again yeah you know it's either March or May one of those two we should actually have toys for Mandalorian out, and then Mandalorian season two should be out this fall, I believe. So we'll see because they're filming uh, yeah. now. Yeah, no, they're saying October, I think, is what they're they're hinting at at this point. Mm. I don't know about you, man. I've gotten my hands on some Mandalorian stuff though. Uh, I got a uh, one of my uh, little Christmas gifts is a small Baby Yoda ornament that hangs here in my that, kitchen, and John I got Fulver a Mandalorian T-shirt. Whatever it is, a small infantile version of the same species of alien as Yoda. You happy? It's the child. All I'm saying is, I, I got a Mandalorian too, and once I get my Mandalorian to 88 miles an hour, I am out of here. Oh man, Mandalorian. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I scored an insulated um, mug for the diva that uh, got a big old chibi picture of the child on it. And then a friend of mine actually 3D printed a figure for me of Mando and Baby Yoda. So I'll be picking that up soon, and I'll be painting that as soon as I get it. Very nice. So all that good stuff. Anybody watch The Witcher? No, I've not caught. No, sorry. (laughs) Not good stuff. No, no, that was good stuff, man. Well, uh, it's uh, on Netflix. It's free. Well, what I want Well, you know what? I'm going to go with the ghoul because he's watching The Witcher. I just finished the Dracula three-part miniseries, the BBC one that uh, premiered on Netflix from Mark Atlas and Stephen Moffat of Doctor Who fame. You're the one all about, with, uh, yeah, the one all about Dracula butt-fucking that dude. We're good. It's, it's <laughs> fucking great. He's I love it. Dracula. It was a great, great three-part series. I mean, they are investments because they're an hour and a half apiece, so they're features. You know, so it's similar to how the Sherlock investment. series was set up. That's why. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I, I fell in love with it. I just thought it was a great way to do it. I know we talked about it on the show before when the doc brought it up that they were going to be doing this uh, Dracula series where it's like, well, how can they do Dracula again? It's been done to fucking death. But I thought that they handled it in a good way, bringing the old school Stoker story, but also bringing in some new elements that are actually kind of cool. And like I said, yeah, Clay Bang is fantastic. The gay stuff. Yeah, well, I do like that. I mean, I do, you know, prefer it. <laughs> you know, also, I mean, know. It, it ain't like it's a surprise there, King. 
<laughs> no, it's not. It's not. I have plenty of gay on my show. But no, it's it's, it's a matter of the uh, uh, just the modernization of it. I don't want to give any spoilers away for anybody that hasn't watched it. But it, like I said, it's yeah, we're, we're about half hour and a half. Yeah, I've got through all of them, and I don't want to give any spoilers because it does take some good twists. Not just gay, but also <laughs> pretty bloody and pretty brilliant stuff. Uh, like I said, Reese Moss and Mark Atlas really did well. Mm. No, there is. There's a big one. There's part two. That mm. won't see coming. When it happens, you're going to be like, okay, they're doing something different with Dracula. Yeah. I would think you could see Dracula coming a yeah. mile away. You <laughs> can't. alone like a silly. rocket. So are we getting ready to like start on an, on another Dracula binge where people are going to start uh, pumping out Dracula stuff? Because, King, didn't you also put up a thing about Riverdale's getting in on the Dracula stuff as well? Oh, uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who uh, created Riverdale, he actually got a pilot greenlit by ABC for The Brides, which is going to be about Dracula's brides in the modern age, and it's going to be of three strong women in modern society, but also keeping part with the Dracula saga. So, yeah, I think it's it's a, another reinvigoration of Dracula, but I don't think Dracula is going to be a part of that series very much. I think it's going to focus on the brides and, uh, you know, their integration in society. I'm looking forward to it. Because I think the brides has always been one of those things that I don't think ever gets enough. Every time they meet no. Dracula, yeah, the brides are in it, but it's like they're, they're background characters. You know, they were turned by Dracula; they're his brides, but they never really get a good shot at getting a good film or a TV series. So I'm looking forward to it. I'd love mm. to see what they could do with fresh material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that was one of the interesting things about when they did the really cheesy Van Helsing movie with Wolverine in it mm. was they actually is that they <laughs> actually did take the time to include the the bride. Yeah, they kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. Dracula musical. <laughs> I was not too long to believe that the tide's going to turn. <laughs> is someone going to the greatest showman? <laughs> That's Dracula. Blood runs down his when he is decapitated. And if I see that, I swear to the Lord, I will slay him. <laughs> I, love I love that fucking movie. I fucking love that movie. I know, man. It's so fucking good. Sarah Marshall is amazing. I can watch it any day of the week. Did you listen to the CD I gave you? But did you get it? Did you get it? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I didn't listen to it at all. Just it. <laughs> oh, amazing movie. All right, so, Doc, now that you're back, what do you have for horror news tonight before we get into the movie? Kick the eyes, Oh, man, we, do we have to stop bullshitting? No, because then we, we can, can talk about bullshit. the New Mutants trailer. We can talk about New Mutants finally coming oh. out because the trailer dropped this week. When I said that, it, it meant no, because I wanted really... to keep bullshitting, and I don't want to talk about that at all. Oh, wait. no, no. That, go, that goes on the list of, you know, movies that the doc's not going to see anytime soon. Uh, seriously, that, that, that's an off limits. I'm declaring that an off limits topic to this to this program. It's a horror movie? Uh, I mean, come on, we're talking, we're talking the New Mutants, man. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk Marvel. about it, go ahead. I don't care. Marvel denied what? by the demonic Dr. Dave. <laughs> I'm not denying anything. Go right ahead. Have at it, monkey. All right, still no, just talk, monkey. Yeah. The topic, so let's talk about new mutants. Yeah, it's just really excited because again, uh, the new trailer dropped this this, this week. Uh, showing some new scenes we hadn't seen before. Uh, hopefully, they're all done. They're all cleaned up, and they're actually just going to 
get this out there, put it out there, and we're finally, finally going to have this damn movie. <laughs> so excited. Yeah, after three years of waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the trailer looks good. They're still keeping it horror. They're keeping the PG-13, which I think is interesting, but it's still going to be in that realm of horror, which I do like. Uh, you know, this is a Disney-Fox, you know, kind of partnership. Uh, the trailer looked good, oh. but April 3rd is supposed to be when it comes out. I don't know if that's still going to happen. It could change any day. It did for it's the past true. three years almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're going to dropping the, the date without knowing that they're putting it out. I think they're going to put it out that day regardless of, uh, of what they think of the film. Um, uh, you know, I like the trailer. I think it showed off some uh, some good stuff, but you know what? So did the Dark Phoenix trailer, and that movie ended yeah, up being a bad tra- train wreck. Um, I think that Disney did whatever little tweaks and whatever they did to the film, um, and they're going to look at it this way. If the film is a success... Yay! They can figure out a way to bring these people into the to the MCU. They can play it off any number of ways. They can make it a standalone thing like Joker. They can make it its own little black universe like Joker or whatever they're talking with that. Um, if it's a complete and utter flop, they can be like, well, that's why we bought Fox, and well, this is one of their last properties, and you know that's that. We'll we'll be bringing mo- you know we'll be bringing mutants soon. You'll see. You'll see what we're gonna do. Um, wipe their hands clean of it. I think it's 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 a win-win for them no matter what, and it's gonna fill a void that we have. I mean, we have the Black Widow movie coming, and then we don't have anything again until November, and that's the Falcon Man. and. Uh, whatever you know, Winter Soldier series along with the yeah. Eternals movie. So I, I think it'll they're just put some stuff up and they want to do it. Okay, it looks good. good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Doc, let's keep bullshitting. What do you got? I mean, look, I was not on the show last week. Did you guys like wrap up 2019, talk about your favorite movies, do all that kind of bullshit? Oh uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, I'd give my 2019 list of best horror movies. I thought it was uh, a pretty good solid list. Okay, sounds great. Let's get on to horror news. (laughs) 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 Sorry. I'm drinking some wine over here. (laughs) He's drinking his wine. No, he's drinking his wine, California. Flavored craft beer. (laughs) Yeah, right right down the drain. I love that stuff. So <laughs> I'm drinking it now. I've been aging it since October. <laughs> Perfect. Even better now. You really get those spices. <laughs> Slowly. The nutmeg is really shining boiler. through. Yeah. yeah, you can really mm. taste that cinnamon. Yeah, the nutmeg <laughs> is shining through very strongly. <laughs> With a smooth, cinnamony finish. <laughs> All right, so what's up, guys? Oh, there are just so many things going on right now. Oh, oh. I know, right? Um, so, so many. <laughs> yes. Uh, so apparently, Stranger Things 4 has begun filming around Atlanta. Uh, principal photography, they say, has begun. It has not been confirmed, but apparently they've been spotted all over the Atlanta area. Uh, filming has begun for the fourth season. Uh, there has been very little in the way of plot details or anything such as that, but they are saying that principal photography is expected to last all the way through August. 
That is correct. Okay. Yeah, they're planning on ending in August. Netflix wants to drop it in 2020, but I don't think it's going to be possible. I think we're going to see a 2021 release for a season four of anything. I think it's too rushed. But they're only wrapping. Oh in August. yeah, look, have it up. you know, Stranger Things always comes like June, July. So you know, I would imagine 2021. I don't think we're seeing it in 2020. I mean, it's possible. I mean, to get it up by December, but even then, I think it's rushed. Yeah, you know what though? I feel that there's just I feel like Stranger Things was really smart in 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 putting out their seasons at the time of year that they put them out. I feel like there's just way too Mm -hmm. many things and distractions going on around December to like throw it in there, you know? Um, I completely agree. You know, keeping so I would I would imagine that they're not going to try to do a rush job on it. I'm going to imagine that we're going to get the quality that we've come to expect from Stranger Things and. Uh, you know, uh, we know our show will be uh, monitoring the situation as it develops and uh, being ready to share <laughs> the updates as they happen. All right, so that's our Stranger Things update. So what's next? Steven Dorff very, very, very much wants to once again be Deacon Frost. He says I like that. with the upcoming yeah. with the upcoming Blade reboot that he he thinks it's just fantastic and that Deacon Frost is so important to him and he still talks about Deacon Frost to this day and every time he steps outside someone is approaching him with a picture of Deacon Frost for him to sign and he <laughs> would just love to put a a new modern spin on this character uh, because he thinks it's such a a wonderful character. Uh, with that being said, he's had no contact with anyone involved with the Bleed reboot, uh, but he is throwing his he's thrown his hat into the ring. Uh, he's letting it be known that he's taking calls, and uh, he's hoping for another chance uh, to to step into the shoes of Deacon Frost. He's taking well, calls, but no one's, no one's placing the call. <laughs> yeah. He might be taking calls, but that don't mean the phone's ringing. <laughs> Well, he's on that show and, now on Fox called Share or something like that. So he's already got a show, you know. So I mean, I don't know how well it's doing. I think it's an NBC actually called Sheriff, where he's like an old school sheriff in a new town, like that type of thing. But I want to know who was walking up to him with Deacon Frost pictures. Like, where are they finding these <laughs> pictures? To walk up to him, right? Well, and he's like, "Will you sign my Deacon Frost picture?" Fifty-four year old. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, you, you got to look at it this way. You have the gate. You have Blade. You know, I know he was in a couple other things here and there. He's, he's shown up wild. in a couple of series. Yeah, Deuce yeah. is Wild. Like, I, I, yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. That movie sucked. Man. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's not good. You know what I mean? We watched so, that shit. We watched that. You, we watched Deuce's, <laughs> Deuce's Wild at your house. You were, like, all excited about it, uh, how it was, like, a modern-day <laughs> Outsiders or something. You were, oh, yeah, dude, you were, like, all about it when that came out. And we watched oh, no, it, I and remember, it and it and we were. I remember being excited about it. I, we really we watched yeah. that at my house, man. Wow. We watched that at your house, and then when it ended, we were like, "Man, that fucking sucked." <laughs> cool. Totally. Takes off his leather jacket. Totally did. Fuck this shit. Mm. <laughs> Probably did. I bought a leather jacket for this. <laughs> yeah, he was cool. in the Beatles Greasy movie. He, he was in the he was the 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 Beatles. The he, he was he was the be- member of the Beatles that uh like didn't stay with the Beatles. Um, the drummer. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Uh. Uh. What was that movie called? Backbeat. Backbeat? Yeah, he was in mm-hmm. that. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't really remember. Uh, oh, he was in uh, SFW with, uh, what was that? Not Reese Witherspoon. SFW. I can't remember who he was in that movie with, but that was a good one from the 90s. 
little throwaway movie that he was in. Yeah, he, like, no, he foiled the bank robbery. I've always enjoyed him as an actor. I just don't think there was a lot of stuff that I remember seeing him in over the years, and that's I always felt it was a shame, but I figured it was probably because he's like, oh, dude, was SFW the one with like the video cameras? Yes. Yeah, that was SFW. What, everyone is so being filmed on video camera? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember, uh, you know, that – I know I've seen that movie. I really uh, – I'm going to guess that's some, like, early 90s, I'm going to guess. It was, um, yeah, it was very early. But I – with all of the filming and the video camera and people talking into cameras, man, uh, thinking about that now, how, how way ahead of its time was that? Oh, of course. I mean, it was just a weird, very, very grunge era movie. Right along with like Reality Bites, where they're doing the whole documentary thing, you know. But just it, SFW did it better. You know, I just I remember it being a big movie that I watched a lot back when I was in high school. I just I love that movie. And, yeah, you know, I just I just pulled up I just pulled up Stephen Dorff's uh, <laughs> filmography, and you know, as I'm scrolling this whole thing, I have to say, uh, he is in way less things that I know that I would have guessed. Really? I'm surprised at how little I have seen of films that Stephen Dorff is in. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I feel like he works a lot, but I just don't know. You know, maybe, you know what? Uh, there's another actor who I kind of always mix him up with in my head. I'm going to need a minute to think of who that is. Um. Hmm. Ethan Hawke. Who's the guy that plays? Who's the guy? Yes, Ethan Hawke. Exactly. I was that's about to say, who's the guy that plays yeah. the other cop? I, I was like, let's see, who's the guy that plays the other cop in Training Day? Yes, Ethan Hawke. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, easily could have been him. Um, yeah, so that I mean, yeah, if, if he does decide to do the reboot, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, he was the one good thing about that first movie. Other than that, it's kind of forgettable. Blade Two was the one with Guillermo del Toro we're going to be talking about later on in the show. You should have waited, man. You, you could have pulled that one out. No, I'm not that oh. I'm only like halfway. <laughs> <laughs> I try. You know what movie uh, he was that... in, man? He was in that movie Judgment Night where those dudes get off the highway in like LA yeah, or whatever uh-huh. they get embroiled right? in that isn't, fucking... Isn't... Man, oh, I don't know. You know in that? Yes. I know exactly what movie uh, you're talking about. They get a Dennis Leary. Is Dennis Leary in that? Dennis Leary's yeah, like the villain in that. Yeah, yeah I Dennis think you're right. Yes. They're they're yeah, like a Jimmy RV Finn. van. They were going to like a boxing match or something, right? Yep. And yeah. they see a murder. Yeah, I remember that one. Fucking escape. Yeah, yeah, man. That's a good fucking. Yeah, that's a great soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, awesome soundtrack of mixing metal and rap together. Yeah, Anthrax, Ice T. I mean, that soundtrack had it all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do remember mm-hmm. that. I had no oh, idea. Okay, go. Yeah. Death Row. Yeah. Oh, there it is. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> oh yeah, you got you got uh, Amelia Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Dennis Leary, Stephen Dorff, and Jeremy Piven. Look at It's like a '90s <laughs> mystery box, you know. <laughs> 1993. 1993. Oh, that's the, the forgotten. Gym. I remember that. I remember that yeah. one that took it. That's a post-post voice in the hood, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, man. Mm. Yeah, oh, that is perfect. Cuba, Cuba G
Well, he's like that in uh, the movie, though. Cool. As we I talked about this, Judgment Night, ju- now that it's come up, I didn't remember it when we were talking about this in conversation, but Judgment Night is one of my hotbox movies. Ah, nice. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what else do you have, Doc? I always think Cuba Gooden Jr. Uh, I, know, I know We everybody thinks Boys in the Hood, but, you know, I also always think of that movie Gladiator. Um Oh, totally, with Which Brian Dennehy and uh, and James Marshall. I remember that movie. Yes, yeah. Yes. Oh, you got a punch. You got a punch in the head. The thing. head is the hardest part of the body. Yeah, totally. Top of the head, kid. Hardest part of the body. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Brian yep. Dennehy. <laughs> right, because you can buy Brian Dennehy as a fucking boxer. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe in 1972. <laughs> <laughs> I love Brian Dennehy. Yeah, he's so good. Did, did somebody say Brian Dennehy? No, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Brian Dennehy, what are you doing here? Hey, boys, just thought I'd sit in and podcast. I'll just sit here in the corner drinking some beer. If you need me, I'll be Whoa. here. Thank you, Brian What would Brian Boitano do? Dude, I love when, when <laughs> if you were here right now... Up. Yes, we Brian Dennehy is still, Brian Dennehy is still around. Brian Dennehy is now 81 years old. Yes, yeah, he's still alive and kicking. I'm still waiting for the damn last Rambo movie. <laughs> I'm still waiting for FX3 to come out. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, I would love another FX movie. <laughs> I don't know. How I mean, maybe they should that. just go back and remake Part Two and try to make a a a, a, a movie worth watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the oh, first one is fucking movie. fantastic. Yeah. The yeah. first one is like one of those just, mid-80s kind of forgotten films, but the first FX movie is fucking awesome. Is the other yeah, dude just, still alive? Who, Brian Who's Brown? That? I think that guy died. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I remember Brian Brown. I think he died. Was it, was oh, it no, because he's still he was alive. To... He's, still, he's, he's still alive, too. I thought he died recently. Yes, he was uh, uh, Coughlin in Cocktail. Uh, but, yeah, he's 72. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still alive. Uh, he was the crazy adventure insurance dude in Along Came Polly, yep. too. Um, but, yeah, yes, uh, he was. most people know him from Cocktail as uh, Tom Cruise's uh, mentor behind the bar. Uh, but uh, FX is fantastic. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Definitely. you nailed it, man. It's like one of those great 80s movies that's just forgotten by so many people unless you grew up watching it on VHS or HBO. You know, but, yeah. Yeah, I thought it's on HBO. Both of those movies, heavy rotation, FX and FX too. I always liked FX one. But all right, so uh, what else do we have? Uh, hard news. Mel Brooks, who's got to be like a thousand years old now, uh, climbing onto the climbing onto the. Uh, I don't know if you'd call it a trend, but the, you know, TV extravaganza of the last few years of taking like a classic thing and making it a live play performance uh, is mm. jumping into that business and uh, is getting ready to launch Young Frankenstein Live, uh, which he will be producing. Uh, no cast has been announced yet, uh, but for, uh, Young Frankenstein Live, uh, you can be looking forward to seeing this sometime in the fall, probably October, uh, would be a good time for that. Um, yeah. You know, there's been many. Also, it, it... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say this one is supposed to be based on the t- 2007 to 2009 stage play that he did of the movie. Is that Witching what it's Wilder. supposed to be based on? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, song, so all songs are written by Mel Brooks. Uh, it's going to be produced by Mel Brooks, but yeah, it's based on the the actual stage play. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, I, I, I like. I haven't seen that. I've obviously seen the Young Frankenstein movie. Um, oh yeah. But you know, there's been a ton. There's been a ton of these live uh, performances, including uh, like Peter Pan, uh, The Sound of Music, The Wiz, Grease, uh, Rocky Horror Picture mm-hmm. Show, uh, Christmas Story. Uh, the only one of those that I've actually seen was the Grease one. I watched that one. I wanted to check out the Rocky Horror and the Christmas Story one, but I never got around to seeing them. Uh, I think it's a cool concept. I do. And, um, you know, I'll be looking forward to checking out the Young Frankenstein one. Uh, you know, that's not a movie that I've watched in probably 25 to 30 years, but uh, definitely uh, my growing up, uh, Mel Brooks was like a big comedic influence in my home. And uh, we were steered at very young ages to watching movies like uh, History of the World Part One and uh, obviously, obviously Spaceballs. Um, oh, I'm a yeah. huge fan. I'm a huge fan of the, what I feel. What I feel, uh, Blazing Saddles uh, is 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 very funny. Uh, but if you, I don't know when the last time any of you guys have seen that. But it's my opinion. If you go back and watch that now, uh, that movie is very dated, and I'm not even talking about the language and the concepts. I feel the first half of that movie is the comedy gold, and then I feel the second half of that movie dives down real, real fast. I feel that with the majority of films, though, with comedies anyway. So they, they very rarely can hold the humor for the entire mm. yeah. length of the uh, the film. I'm also a fan of what I feel is a vastly underrated uh, Life Stinks, starring Mel Brooks as well. Uh, so I will be certainly looking forward to Young Frankenstein Live. See, and I like High Anxiety, too. I think that's one that people overlook, which was based on Hitch, uh, Hitchcock. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I forgot about that. One. <laughs> forgot about that one. Yeah, high anxiety is one of my favorites. Whenever it's on, I have to Yeah, and then you also sure. like on Broadway, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick made like a billion dollars doing the producers. Yeah, I've and said I've it so many that. times. Never seen Young yeah. Frankenstein is one of those films that just always eludes me. It's on my list. I keep meaning to watch it, and I just <laughs> never get around to it. Oh, it's someone's, we're, we're, we're going to have to just make that a pick, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what we do on the show. Expose people to horror and comedy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's worth your time to check it out. Um, so yeah, like Student Body. Uh, yeah, that one's just fine. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> so, another one of my favorites. Um, yeah, like, so, like Killer Time. After Young Frankenstein. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, but what else is All right. So apparently uh, there's going to be a limited uh, series on HBO uh, from Stephen King's 2018 novel, The Outsider. And I read today that they are going to be uh, taking serious liberties uh, with their production of The Outsider, uh, that they're going to be straying from the book, introducing uh, new characters events and situations and the reason for that is because the screenwriter uh simply simply ran out of book to fill uh the 10 hours that he needed to fill uh he said that by the third hour of writing he was already more than halfway through the book uh so the creative team decided to kind of expand uh the story that stephen king had created so uh that screenwriter's name is uh richard price um 
you know, if you have read and are a fan of The Outsider and have been looking forward to seeing this show on HBO, uh, just know that you're going to be seeing a vastly different uh, presentation uh, compared to what you might have read. I myself have not yet read The Outsider, so I don't even know what it's about. Uh, but since we talk about Stephen King uh, pretty much uh, every single episode of the Talking Terror program, uh, I thought that I would share this piece of news with our loyal audience. Thank you, I mean, Bob. I like it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I do like the fact that they're adapting Outsider to HBO because I think it's a great book. Uh, I just don't think that it should lend to 10 episodes. Um, I agree with the writer. There's not enough there for 10 episodes. There's enough for maybe five. Make it a miniseries like Dracula. You know, make it something that it's a quick uh, little bit and move on. I, just, I, I don't like the fact that they're just saying, yeah, well, we're going to throw in new characters and new situations. Mm. Like, well, you have to deviate that much. Whereas like, we have to fill 10 episodes. Mm. The story's strong enough where it can last as a miniseries. And mm. Well, Sharp Object, they, they, the Jillian Flynn uh, series did well. Well, I think they just want enough for something to last a season, so that's probably what they're saying. We want ten episodes. Yeah, I mean, and, but then again, I'm the guy that wants a revival adaptation, one of Stephen King's novels that came out just a couple of years ago uh, that I fell in love with, and I'm still waiting for somebody to make that an adaptation. Everybody wants to do Stephen King, do that one. That's a fantastic story that I think could make a good movie. Um, but again, you know, we'll see because everybody wants to pick up a Stephen King property. Just you know. Institute, I think, is one that uh, the doc said is coming out. The book didn't even come out yet, and they're already picking that up. <laughs> so yeah, that's the way know. that's the way things go, man. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but plenty plenty left of Stephen King. We talk about him almost every show, like the doc said. Uh, so moving away from the Stephen King country, uh, what else do you have? <clears throat> moving away from the Stephen King country, we are going to step into the View Universe with news Ooh. that. None other than Kevin Smith himself has announced that Mallrats 2, the Twilight of the Mallrats, is back on, uh, that he is currently hmm. writing uh, Mallrats 2 and Clerks 3 simultaneously, and which one will be the first one to hit the big screen is the question that looms for those of you that are fans <laughs> of Kevin Smith and the View Universe. I think the ghoul likes him a little bit. I don't know. I think he kind of likes him. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big fan also. I love Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, Twilight of uh, You know what? Not a, not a good title, but all right. Kevin mm. having ideas, that, that's something that's always going on. He's a very busy guy. You know, it's just a matter mm-hmm. of getting the money, the studio, the time, and all those other things. You know, I know right now he's riding high because of the uh, the whole tour that they're doing with the, uh, the Jay and Silent Bob yeah, the next, the next, He said in that same article, uh, he said that the Silent, Jay and Silent Bob reboot uh, roadshow phase two is about to kick off again. And they got like, uh, you know, 26 cities lined up. They made several million on the, la- on the first go round. Mm-hmm. No, well, they definitely well, kept selling them out, and uh, you know, I know that they've they've got some plans for a a uh, Smod Castle over in the Highlands here. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll see yeah. what what happens with that. Uh, there's a lot and, of things you know, I I, them, so. I heard I heard the king kind of make a crack a crack about the title, and I thought so it too at first, but when I started to think about it for a minute, I feel like it in a way kind of makes sense because. Uh, studies show that like the big grand shopping malls that 
have oh, yeah. are plastered across the land of the United States are like closing at very <laughs> rapid rates these days. And uh, oh, yeah. it, it, it's kind of like the highlight of the shopping mall culture. Well, yes, of course, <laughs> uh, you know, but no, it, it's well, no, they, but opened it's, up I mean, a, they opened up a mega mall by the Meadowlands, <laughs> which has got yeah, like and, a, yeah, a ski mountain inside of it. Yeah. And, a water and do you know how many years it took them to shit? get that fucking place open then? Oh, listen, oh, I, you know what? I'll be honest with you. For years, I saw all those colored fucking boxes. Yeah, I thought it was like a storage facility or something. I didn't even know they were building no, something there. No, that, that, that place was supposed to originally be called Xanadu, and it was going to I be like that. this yeah. mega complex of shopping and entertainment and recreation and all of this shit. And they spent a fortune starting to get the parking deck and that, that building going. And then they like ran out of money and it was just, they were going to let it like fade back into the swamp. I was really surprised to hear that they had finally gotten something going in there, but that place sat desolate for years upon years. Yeah. Remember former governor Christie talking about Xanadu constantly about where they were on the progress. Xanadu. Yeah, you just keep saying that, and I just keep thinking that, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, Twilight of the Mallrats is an okay title, we're calling the end of the Mallrats, something like that. I don't know, Twilight of the Mallrats, a little too wordy, you know, to put on a poster. I mean, that's just me thinking from a movie uh, sample. (laughs) Something punchier might be. Okay, so what else you got? Sorry, sorry it doesn't fit your vision, King. It doesn't. It's my vision. Yeah, King. King. That's why I'm so horror. <laughs> so, what what's another piece that you have for us before we get into the movie? Uh, you know, it's not 100% in the horror genre, but there's some horror overtones uh, sprinkled throughout, especially when it comes to uh, considering uh, Charles Manson's impact on the late 1960s in both the United States mm-hmm. and in California. Uh, but apparently... Uh, maybe next year we will see a four-hour cut of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, which I was not here when you wrapped up 2019, but that was my number one movie. That was my number one movie of 2019. Uh, look, Quentin Tarantino loves to talk a lot of shit. Uh, he runs his mouth like nonstop, throwing out all kinds of ideas and projects and things he's interested in working on and things he wants to work on. Uh, but he says that... Um, you know, even the studio loved it so much that they, the studio and him, like, really had to sit down and work hard to whittle it down to the length that it was out. Um, and, you know, there's been so much enthusiasm to the, the public showings that uh, Tarantino has done with himself on site with the film. And, uh, you know, maybe he would like to release the four-hour cut. And he also threw in that he also has a director's cut of Django Unchained that, uh, Unchained that he has not yet revealed. Uh, so if you are a fan of the doings of Quentin Tarantino, just uh, some interesting news oh, yeah. there. Uh, I, all for one, would love to see a four-hour cut of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but we'll see, we'll see where, where that goes. Yeah, We're also eventually know. supposed to get a uh, what, one big contiguous story of Kill Bill 2. There's supposed to be some release. The whole bloody affair, yeah. You know, there's actually there's yeah. a theater in California uh, somewhere that Quentin Tarantino has given the whole bloody affair where you can go and watch it. Uh, I, I don't remember where that was. It's probably around L.A. somewhere, but there's one theater that mm-hmm. continuously shows the whole bloody affair of Kill Bill. Oh. I would just take That's that awesome. up. I mean, yeah, 
be nice. Yeah, I mean, I would I, love I to see so. that. That would be fucking awesome. Especially with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the movie was so good. I'd be willing to give it that four-hour cut. I mean, I just recently watched The Irishman, uh, Martin Scorsese's recent film. I was so fucking bored of that movie. So many people are like, I haven't oh watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet. Scorsese's back. It's three hours and 15 minutes, and it feels like it's fucking 15 hours. <laughs> it's so <laughs> boring. I'm like, this is Scorsese? Like, he did Goodfellas at Casino, and he knows some of the movies that now. Those are, those are long movies, too. <laughs> yeah, but oh, yeah. I could go for a long movie if the subject's going to really bring me in. Like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I watched a four-hour cut. I like that movie. But The Irishman, mm-hmm. it fucking dragged. And all these people are saying, well, you just you didn't really appreciate what he's doing. I was like, no, I get it. It's a boring fucking movie. You know, <laughs> nothing about it was good. You know, it, I can't watch fucking three and a half hours of Jimmy Hoffa's story. I, I get it. Jack Nicholson did it better back in the 90s. Don't need to see this one. <laughs> you know, Scorsese, I have a problem with Scorsese because of the way he feels about Marvel films. So <laughs> I think about Scorsese is better. Okay. A- so any last it. minute? Any last minute news, Doc, or was that it? What do you mean last minute news? I got a whole slate of things. You guys wanted to bullshit so long that all my stuff got put on the back burner. What? Because um, <laughs> we were talking about Star Wars. What's that? You want to you want to talk about the new NECA Halloween two figures that are coming out with their awesome sculpts? I do. And it's going to be the first month, official Jimmy Lee Curtis figure. <laughs> Can't fucking wait. Never Everybody loves their Sam Raimi. <laughs> Oh, what about Sam Raimi? Yes, they do. Sam Raimi would love, just love to do another Evil Dead movie, but one starring Bruce Campbell. But he feels bad that Bruce Campbell has retired from playing the character of Ash and won't get the chance. But he holds out hope that Bruce Campbell will reconsider his decision and uh, once again, uh, you know, get ready to battle the Evil Dead. Um, oh, hold on, man, because wasn't it like just a couple of months ago where Sam Raimi was saying we want to do some new things and we're going to do it without Bruce Campbell? Like, didn't he just well, have yeah, they're news, gonna like do he some, had a whole bunch of ideas? New things too, but he says that he has an idea for tying Bruce Campbell back in theatrically that he would love to explore, uh, you know, parallel to stuff related to the, uh, you know, the, the Evil Dead Showtime series as well as the Evil Dead, uh, you know, film that had come out of yeah, but I thought the news he well, dropped yeah. like just a couple months ago was he had a whole bunch of ideas, but they didn't involve Bruce Campbell. But they were going to expand on the Evil Dead universe. Go ahead, King. What were you saying? The whole thing is that he said that he won't direct an Evil Dead film if Bruce doesn't want to come back as Ash. He'll hand it off to somebody else. They already have somebody that's a young director that's writing a script that's willing to direct. Sam Raimi basically just said, I'm not going to direct it if Bruce is not going to be Ash. I'll produce it. I'll be behind it. But I'm not going to be behind the camera if Bruce doesn't want to come back. And that's fair. That's fine. You know, but Bruce saying he's retired, mm, money talks. You know, fans talk. You know, I mean, there's no end to Bruce. You know? And Bruce <laughs> loves his money. Right. <laughs> he will come back. You know, I mean, he says he's retired. Nice, but at the same time, everybody comes back for the right amount of price. Everybody has a price like Ted DiBiase used to say back in the day. And so does Bruce. <laughs> back up that money, Chuck. Yep. <laughs> okay, so what else before we get into the movie tonight? Everybody also loves Wes Craven, 
And uh, if you are a, a, a deep disciple of the school of West Craven, you will have the opportunity to research many of the man's words uh, because uh, you will have the chance to order the book called West Craven, The Interviews, uh, which will I feature know. the text awesome. for 29 interviews that Wes Craven did spanning 1980 up until his last interview in 2015. Uh, this book is 246 pages long. Uh, you can currently buy it right now at the world's biggest internet uh, sales market. Uh, the hardcover edition currently is sitting at a whopping $99, but you can have yes, the paperback is. for the low, low price of $17.25. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm going. <laughs> that's my route. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I really do want to get this book because I did post it on the uh, Talking Terror Facebook page about this book. I really do want to get it because of all the interviews, and he was such a fascinating person whenever he sat down to give interviews. You know, he did love the horror genre, but he also had a really good mind um, in terms of what was going on in the country at the time he made these movies and, and how he came up with these ideas. So I would love to get this book and just sit down and read these interviews that he did spanning decades up until his untimely death in 2015. I, I think it would be a great addition to my library, of course, uh, including the VHS book, Stuck on VHS, all about VHS stickers, which I actually posted on the Talking Terror page as well. Because that's a bygone time that I think we all miss very dearly, seeing those VHSs on the show. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I, I saw something about that book, and I do agree that the VHS era is certainly a bygone time, and uh, you know the video store experience is just something that's long gone. Uh, the sticker thing, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. It's certainly not a book that you know that I was going to buy. Um, I'd be more into like a book like. You know, just about video, like the video store culture in general, versus just like the stickers that were put on VHS tapes, things that said like "Be kind, please rewind." Um, you know, I mean, it's cool. I didn't find it to be super interesting. <clears throat> no, the book is going to be all about that. <clears throat> it's going to be all about the VHS rental stores, not just the stickers. It's all going to be about that culture, going to the video store on a Friday night and renting them. You know, and how video stores operated. So it's going to be about the stickers, but also it's going to be about that era. That's bygone. That's the, that was a selling point for me. That's not just going to be stickers like you had said. I was like, look at that one. Look at this one. That's a cool we'll one. See. No, it's going to be you know, text, too. So I'm looking forward to seeing that book when it drops, um, you know, in time. I know it's available on Mondotees.com, and it's also available through any of the Alamo Draft House Cinemas, where you can pick up that book now. So it's out there. Another one I'm looking forward to picking up. But speaking of bygotten times, Let's get into the old school, the gothic, the horrific, oh. romantic, and maybe a little bit sexy, Crimson Peak from 2015, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Segway, motherfuckers, I nailed it. No, no, too we don't sexy, have to. Too we don't sexy. have to ask if I have any more items. We can just cut me off and shut me down. That's the way it's operating these days. Time limits. <laughs> well, I'm, sorry, I'm only kidding. Do <laughs> we really have to talk about this fucking movie? All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ghouls, take it away, Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak. Okay. Uh, no, Crimson Peak, man. Uh, it's a movie uh, that I, uh, I came across a number of years ago. Uh, I think I ended up picking it up because I know the ghoul girl likes these kind of films. 
you know, gothic settings, that type of deal. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's one that I really enjoy. Uh, chick gets married. Dude turns out to be ganging his sister, and uh, there's ghosts involved. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all, all brought to you Thank by you the for man that. Who, uh, who gave us, uh, you know, uh, Fishman Dick. You know, fish, you can give <laughs> Thank you for that fish elaborate, <laughs> elaborate explanation. Hellboy, if out of water, devil's backbone, <laughs> 22, that guy. Oh, That's man, that, that, that needs to be the new description on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's the cool description of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that guy that got fish dick, right? <laughs> you know, fish dick presents Crimson Peak. <laughs> so I'm guessing you like this movie, Google. Uh yeah, no, listen, I'm a fan. You know, it's uh like I said, I uh we've we've had it since it's one of the the earlier movies that I, I got on Xbox and it's one that I've watched uh, a number of times because I uh, I enjoy the setting, I enjoy the the costumes, I enjoy the house itself. Um you know, if not performances, uh which I do feel is uh probably the, the, the weaker end of things here, but we'll get into that as we go. We will. All right, Monty, what did you think about Crimson Peak? Oh, man, okay, uh, this is my first time viewing it. I thought we were going to be going something a little bit harder for horror-wise, cause, just because I was all excited because I haven't actually seen anything that where Del Toro has scared me, so I was hoping this was going to be a little bit scarier. But that being said, man, it's like, I got to say, this is one pretty fucking movie. I mean, this movie mm-hmm. is just so beautifully shot. The the settings are just like seriously everything about this every shot that Del Toro took in this movie is just fucking stunning. I mean to the point where I was just watching it with my headphones on, and <clears throat> Ian kept walking into the room and kept seeing just these awesome sets, and eventually ended up sitting down watching it behind me. And I was like, "Uh, you want me to unplug the headphones so you can watch?" And he goes, "Yeah." Um, but uh. I, I loved it. I, I I was really impressed with this movie. Really, really blown away by this movie. Just I, again, all the beautiful shots, the great designs for the ghosts. Um, I, while I wasn't terrified by this movie, I really enjoyed this movie. It, it was a lot of fun. All right, Doc. What do you think about Crimson Peak? All right, I'm gonna carry. Uh, a little bit of what the monkey said to to get this going here. I thought that uh, this movie was stunningly beautiful, um, a a really really well crafted period piece. Uh, you know, from costume design uh, to performance to the just the look, the color scheme, uh, all of this. I thought that the the production uh, you can really see the craft that went into creating this world, and I was very very impressed with that visually. And you know you come to expect that in with this kind of stuff and uh, you know, hope that it carries, carries on. And it so did here with that being said, uh, you know, I found this movie to be a little bit on the slow moving side for me. Um, You know, the story development, uh, the, the pacing, uh, I guess that's my biggest gripes I think is the pacing of this for me. So uh, there you have it. Mm. So what, um, so what do yeah, you think, this King? movie, uh, this is actually a movie I saw in the theater <clears throat> when it came out back in 2015. 
Um, I'd seen the trailers, and, you know, I was a fan of Hiddleston. I'm a huge fan of Guillermo del Toro. Um, I love gothic horror films, especially from the 70s, when you're talking about anything that Hitchcock did or anything from Hammer that Jimmy Sangster did, where it's just these big, elaborate set pieces, including the house of Allerdale Hall uh, that we get introduced to in the movie. Um, it becomes like a character in its own right. Much like in Robert mm-hmm. Wise's 1957 film The Haunting, uh, it becomes its own character, where it's just this labyrinth of hallways and staircases, and you don't know which way is up or down. And I thought that they did a really great job of doing that. Um, I can agree with the doc that the story does drag in some points, but I think it's really just a beautifully told tale um, that you don't really get nowadays. I mean, a lot of these horror films that come out are modern. This is Guillermo del Toro saying, I don't want to do another modern horror film. I want to take it back to that gothic era of the 1800s, 1907 time frame, and really kind of make a ghost story out of it, where there's ghosts and there's a romance involved, and there's a whole lot of inner workings that happen within the story itself that take place that really makes me enjoy Crimson Peak. It's one of those movies where it's like, take a break from the modern stuff, go back in time to a different time, where it was just the grandeur and the beauty of things. And I think you're going to appreciate Crimson Peak. Yeah, and like I was doing research uh, about this movie and just the stuff <laughs> about what they did to build things for this movie and uh, like I had no idea the extent that Del Toro went to physically build stuff for this movie physically build stuff not green screen but actually make shit it's just Mm -hmm. uh, it's yeah it threw me like we'll get into it later and stuff like that but it's just I I was like after I was done watching this movie and did this research I I earned a new respect for Del Del Toro for the painstaking amount of t- of time and money he spent to actually build this movie. And <clears throat> when you watch it, it seems like it would be a big budget affair that would, you know, garner Oscar, you know, kind of nods and things of that nature. Of course it didn't. But just because of how beautifully it's shot taking place between <clears throat> 1897 and 1907, um, the way they shot Buffalo in New York, um, where you follow Edith Cushing's was an up-and-coming author who lost her mom when she was a kid, and having this ghost kind of follow her and say, beware of Crimson Peak. Not knowing what the fuck that means, but living her life, because this ghost shows up one time when she's a kid, and never shows up again until she's older, and has no idea what that means. But she's going to be a writer. She's going to be, you know, the next Mary Shelley, or Jane Eyre, which I love the the girls go, oh, you're going to be just like Jane Eyre, Uh, you know, just a spinster. No, I'm going to be like Mary Shelley, widowed. <laughs> well, yeah. I know, you kind of are in a way. Yeah, and that that was another thing is all of the costumes in this movie as well is just, you know, again, um, era accurate down, down to even just the, the exact cloth that was used. You know, I was just, again, yep. really impressed with the craftsmanship of this movie and the research they did, you know, even down to the costumes. Yeah, man. And uh, what I really did like is the the kind of uh, speed at which it works, at least in the beginning of the movie, where you have Edith, and she's writing, and she's trying to make her manuscript and punch it up. The fact that she has to go to her dad's office to type on a typewriter, because she knows that if she writes it, they're going to know it's by a uh, female hand. Like, it really does go to show you Mm. where females were in this era, where it's Mm. like, you're you're a wife. Like, that's all Mm. you're going to be. 
know, you're not going to be a writer. You're mm. not going to be successful. You know, just sit back and let a husband take you and have a bunch of kids mm. and live your life. But she wants something else. Yeah. She wants something different for her. Yeah. Which is well, kind of impressive to see. Yeah, well, didn't Mary Shelley have to do the same thing when she first started? That she actually had to write under her husband's name? Uh, Percy Shelley, because yeah. No one, yeah, because no one would publish a woman. Yeah, that's why she wrote underneath her husband's name until Frankenstein came out. I mean, it took you know a long time for her to release it as Mary Shelley. It was released on the Percy right. when it first came out. The Modern Prometheus, mm. which was the first call. <laughs> Um, so to see Edith doing this, it, it's kind of an interesting turn. And you have her father, uh, Carter Cushing, Jim Beaver, for Supernatural fans out there. <laughs> we might know him from. But, yeah, man, you know, an industrialist. You know, a guy in New York who makes his money because he was a builder. You know, now he's got all these, these riches and he can do what he does because he earned it. And that's where you enter Thomas, played by Tom Hiddleston. You know, this industrialist from London who has an idea Loki. to dig into the ground underneath Hourdale Hall because of all the red clay and all the possibilities that you can do with it. <laughs> yeah, but I just want to go oh. back to Edith's dad. I really liked him. Oh, sorry, Ghoul. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, actually, the funny thing is they were not the ones originally cast. Uh, Mia Wasilowski and Tom Hiddleston were not the primary choices. Uh, originally, they okay. had uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Emma Stone uh, put together for this film, but uh, they both had to uh, back out of it. Yeah, I, I saw what that too, man. And then, then, they, then there's controver- uh, uh, you know, c- controversial reports about why uh, Benedict left uh, I mean, sorry. Uh, yeah, Benedict left. Um, and one interview I said was he. The, yeah, the the response was talk to Del Toro. You know. Yep, Cumberbatch. Sorry. <clears throat> you know. So, so I'm curious the, as to why. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if I would I would believe Emma Stone playing the character of Edith Cushing. I think that the actress that's in this movie sold it really well. The very just. You know, just very silent, just very sweet, very soft. I just I can't see Emma Stone pulling it off. Like, maybe Benedict Cumberbatch as Tom the Sharp, but I can't see Emma Stone pulling I, I might disagree oh, yeah. with you that, man. I bet she can do a good job. I bet she would have done a good job. Yeah, I, I've liked Emma Stone in a lot of things that I've seen her in. I think she's one of those actresses that has a, has, has a really good range. Um, which is nice, you know. She's she's believable in a number of different styles of film. You know, I've seen her play comedy. I've seen her do drama. I've seen her do romance. You know, the, the only thing I don't think I've seen her do, and I can't even say that. I was gonna say I have never seen her do action, and that's not true. You got Zombieland. Um, so yeah, I've seen, I've seen Emma Stone yeah. do just a little bit about everything. Uh, you know, Cumberbatch, yeah. I'm sure, probably pulled out because he was most likely getting ready to do Doctor Strange. Um, plus, Maybe. you know, he was, yeah. he had a lot of work going on between motion capturing and playing Smaug in the Hobbit films and then going on into the Marvel universe is strange. So, um, and, and, he was probably and Sherlock. Uh, busy <laughs> and Sherlock as well. But I think that was a number of years before. I think that was over by that point. Wasn't it? Oh, I thought the second season was around the time the MCU started, but I could be wrong. They, yeah, but this uh, this Crimson Peak was 2015. So, oh no, I guess it went until mm-hmm. 2017, Sherlock. I'm looking at it now. So, yeah, it was probably mm-hmm. still going. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He was a busy guy. 
<laughs> it happens every once in a while. I won't let it go to my head. <laughs> but what I did enjoy about it, and what I talked about earlier is the rapidity of things that happen in the film as far as Thomas Sharp being introduced, where it's immediately there's an attraction between him and Edith. He's very smooth. He's British. You know, he's got the accent. But you also have Dr. Alan Carmichael, played by Charles Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy, as his doctor who could be a possible suitor for Edith, but she's uninterested. She's got this English guy coming at her from all angles, trying to work every kind of thing he can to get into, you know, her good graces. Man. <laughs> yeah. he, he's not yeah. trying to get into everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no. He's trying to get into every single way he possibly can. Um, as we as we find yeah, out later, that, he had never gotten into any of the others, so except for uh, <laughs> except for his beloved <laughs> yeah. sissy poo. Well, you know, Charlie Sheen, Yeah, he played Jax, the main, you know, basically the, the main guy in Sons of Anarchy. I mean, he is the character whose story arc you follow throughout every single season of that show. Um, the funny thing is, is I watched this movie prior ever watching Sons of Anarchy. Mm. Um, fast forward, you know, and I had seen uh, oh, Big Monsters, Robots, uh, Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. Um, right. Yes, I just said that. Uh, <laughs> so Pacific Rim. So again, I saw that before I ever saw Sons of Anarchy. You know, she's very one note. After seeing him yes, as Jackson Sons of Anarchy, everything I see him in, including this and Pacific Rim, all I see is him performing Jax. It is the same exact thing. He did the same thing in the uh, uh, King Arthur movie as well, So, which was it was a drag. I kind of had hopes for that, and that ended up being a bit of a bummer. Yeah, that mm. one was pretty bad. <laughs> and with uh, Thomas Sharp, he does have a sister, Lucille, played by the beautiful Jessica Chastain. Can't say enough good things about Lucille in this movie. Loved her. Sorry. just I just do. Um, but they they have their own con going on, you know, with getting with women and getting them to go with sign away their riches. I do like the fact that Thomas convinces her to go to the ball that they're having, that her father and Alan can't convince her to go to. But when Thomas shows up, they're like, ooh, he's an Englishman. Ooh, he talks funny, doesn't he? But he's so fucking handsome. And can you teach me how to waltz? I can only teach you to waltz if she will dance with me. I will dance with you. Please do. And then he gives that whole instruction about how he can do it with a candle, even though there's two wicks at the end when you see it. It's like, so, yeah, even if one goes out, the other one's going to stay lit. So I don't know if that was an accident by Guillermo del Toro when they did the waltz, but, yeah, it's a double wick candle. So even if one goes out, the other one's going to stay lit throughout the entire dance. But yeah, that was accidental. <laughs> It was supposed to be a single <laughs> yeah. wick for the movie. It was, they, but they used a double for shooting. <laughs> and you could see it, but it just goes to show you how smooth Thomas is, and how he could seduce uh, Edith into being in his charms as far as getting the ring, where he's gonna put that blood red ring on her finger and say that's gonna be my wife. Um, but Carter's on to them. He knows that it's a scam. He shuts Thomas down from his project, and he knows that they're up to something with his daughter. But he doesn't get to tell what this is happening with uh, Edith because he gets brutally fucking murdered in the best fucking way possible. So he has his head bashed against the sink repeatedly. Wow. Okay. Nice. <laughs> he didn't cut away at all. 
I know the monkey says, you know, like the movie doesn't doesn't scare him, doesn't frighten him. It's not not what he wanted, you know, wanted to see as far as that went. The one thing that I found with this movie that shocked the hell out of me watching it the first time, because that again, moment. I figured, all right, slow burn, you know, gothic horror. When it got gory, it got gory, like really good, mm-hmm. like the bashing of his head into the sink to the point that it breaks. Then when we see it's the autopsy and they take the curtain, it's just a big fucking hole where his head was. Like, it was just yep. great. Like, he hits the floor, and you see just that little bit of blood around his head, and then you just start to see it getting darker and darker. As you know, that hole is just oozing that life juice. I love it. When this film goes there, it fucking goes there. <laughs> I, I agree, man. That, that was a nasty fucking scene. When I saw it, all I could think of was The Matrix. But still, yeah, it's just it, great, great shot, great kill again, uh, again, and just another great setting, you know, of just you know, yeah. nice, clean, clean society, and just yeah, how the nastiness can can find a way in, in, into the <laughs> yeah, <spot>. the dirty. <laughs> I think I'll have eggs and ham for my breakfast. Yes, I will, and I'm going to shave real quick and hopefully not die. <laughs> oh, and it's of course this is the consummation right here of the of the marriage because the next time you see her she's at her father's funeral and she's wearing that blood red ring, so you know that Tom has kind of wild his way into her life again to console her, but now she's going to go to Allerdale Hall, the main set well, piece of the film. Crimson Peak. Before she finds out about the dad's death, you know he had left her the note about you know he <clears throat> had to do it and all oh, this yeah. and that because he because mm-hmm. of the whole you know break her heart. Fucking scene, you know? <laughs> no, it was smooth, yeah. Your father yeah. made me do it. I didn't want to do it, but he was blackmailing me. You gotta believe me. I love you. And this is all I want. It's <laughs> me and you forever, Edith. Just take me now. Your father's dead? Oh, that's crazy. I had nothing to do with it. It was totally not there. <laughs> I was somewhere else. But let's go to England because Eleanor Hall awaits. The dilapidated mansion upon which sits a red clay mine. Again, what a fucking incredible set this is. When they pull up to it in a horse-drawn carriage, you get to see how massive it is just from the outside. But I love when they go later in the film with the snow. I have always loved blood on snow because it just looks so vibrant. And this is just red clay, but it really does work. Like, it stands out. Mm. Yeah, and like you said, it's the, the, the house is this giant centerpiece. Uh, you know, again, Del Toro actually built the house the movie, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, not, not a pre-existing house, not CGI. You know, he actually built the fucking Allerdale Hall for the movie. It's just fucking lovely. It had to be destroyed because <laughs> the studio had to make room, so they destroyed that. All those interiors no, couldn't stick yeah. around. Unfortunate because it's so beautifully shot. I love the fact that he actually built uh, chairs and tables much bigger than normal just to make characters look smaller than they actually are. Which, it, it really does work, you know, in some of these pieces. Mm. When they're sitting in chairs, they're just way yeah. too big. Now it's the whole point. It's making them seem smaller than they actually are. Um, but Allerdale mm. Hall as a whole, like, I mean, this is a beautiful fucking place. Even though it's dilapidated, even though, like, the ceiling's falling apart, and you have leaves falling into the hallway, you, just, you can't believe just how massive it is. No, yeah, I mean, even from the show walks in, you know, and she comes from wealth. 
You know, so we saw she had yeah. a nice home, you know, beautiful house, all that, the, the dad's in the spa. But, you know, even she's caught up in the grandeur when she walks into that that, that initial, you know, opening shot into the house itself. And you just see this huge ceiling, vaunted, you know, stairwells going up the sides and everything. And, yes, there was a huge hole in the fucking roof that you would hope they would have fixed <laughs> it now, but they didn't. Oh. But, uh, and, yeah. and, yeah, you got the the clay like oozing down the walls of the house and stuff it's just it was like a living breathing mm-hmm. thing the house itself yeah. was very much a character, character in this film mm-hmm. monkey yeah i agree it's just the entire thing it's when, when uh, you have all this grandeur, but then it's all dilapidated and falling apart. You know, it started making me think of Fight Club, and they got that big-ass house, but it's just <laughs> all falling around about them. Uh, just It also just reminded me of back when I lived in downtown Lancaster. had this nice, huge house, but the entire thing was always falling down around me. You know, couldn't keep it up. So I completely understood their situation, you know, of, yeah, it's really nice, but it's a real bitch to keep up. And, yeah, it's completely falling apart. But then the idea of, yeah, it's it's falling apart from the top. It's it's sinking, you know, down into the ground from the bottom. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, a hell house. And they they have, uh, when she finds a dog outside. And she's like, oh, it's a dog. Can we keep it? He's like, god damn it. Fine. Keep your dog. <laughs> and we'll see, like, I thought you fucking killed it. He's like, I did. I left it outside. I thought I was going to die. Uh, what do you want me yeah. to do? I didn't know it was going to live. Who doesn't love but dogs? But it's interesting thing because that dog is actually a monkey. I do. I love dogs. That dog is actually a monkey papillon, which them. is described as a butterfly because of his ears. The and monkey hates dogs? moms off the plate here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he loves dogs. He's talking about. <laughs> He's got a dog that he's Loves at home. So, what are you talking yeah, about? That's not my dog. That's that's the diva's dog. Okay. That's not yeah, my you dog. love that dog. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Those are the I, give, dogs. I, I give that I give that dog beer to shut it off. Okay. <laughs> but moving you on do, with I've the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just that they get right to work with making the tea to poison it. Like they don't waste any time. She just got there. Yeah. And like no, make her some tea. Put some poison in it. A little extra, you know, because we got to make her sick right away because yeah. we can't waste any time. And you have Thomas starting to think that maybe this one's different. Maybe this is the one that he really kind of has feelings for. Maybe this isn't right, but I'll go along with his sister because I got feelings for you too, babe. I do like you too. You look pretty fine in all your 58 fucking layers. Yeah, and she wants to explore the house. But Lucille won't uh, let her because she has all the keys and refuses to give Edith any of the keys going, yeah, you don't know your way around the house yet. How about you wait until we teach you the places not to go so you don't die because the house is always falling apart. (laughs) Then then maybe we'll give you a year or two. Yeah, I enjoy – It's funny watching the film – after you've seen it already and you know where everything's going to mm-hmm. go with it. Because if you watch Hiddleston's performance, knowing that he's playing a role as opposed to actually trying to woo her, which, I mean, you kind of know that it's all bullshit anyway, but you watch the character nuances as, like, sometimes he's just really not trying at all, but then you can always feel and see when he really is like, all right, you know what, I'm going to have to do this. And it's almost like a... Uh, 
almost an exasperated, like, okay, fine. And he gets really, like, smarmy and charming all of a sudden. And he, it's like uh, literally a flip of a switch, though, and it's great. Like, I, I just love how he performed that. Oh, yeah. He, he played it really well in between the two. I love when she takes the bath, you know, in the tub, and he's like, don't worry about it. The water's going to be red because of the clay, but it'll turn clear. And she's relaxing, and you get your first red ghost of the clay, you know, coming to greet her with her back turned, of course. I mean, the like the monkey had said, these ghosts are fucking phenomenal. Just dripping red skeletons you know, that are coming yeah. to her for some reason. Not necessarily meaning harm, but they do want to get her coming. attractive. <laughs> and uh, it's like uh, the what's said, Tom Hiddleston later, he goes, I'm going to take a bath. And if you're asleep when I get back, that's cool. <laughs> like, not like that's fuck. You know, we're married. You know, this is our first night in the house. Now, hey, babe, I'm gonna take a bath, and uh, if you're awake, cool. If you're not, that's cool too. See you in the morning. Yeah. Because we because not only we fucked on the train either. We took separate cars. You know, so yeah, the the, the marriage yeah. definitely has yeah. not been consummated yet. <laughs> no. And, she, and she, she's kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought we were totally gonna do it. Come on, man. We're married now. We can do things. You can do sexy things. Like, no, nah, I'm cool. I got my red clothes in your mouth. So, <laughs> see what we'll get there. <laughs> I got to build yeah, my giant transformer out in the front yard. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got the money now. Because I passed your fucking father's head in. I got the money, guys. Woo! Let's tell the server to go for along. Hey, I love you, Massa. I've got all of her money and plus an extra two thousand dollar check that the dad gave me. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Life is pretty good for Thomas Sharp. <laughs> you, know? I, you know, and it's just the further explanation of the house and her finding out about how the mother was pretty fucking brutal to Thomas and Lucille and how she made them live in the attic while the father was away. So you get this kind of well, you should feel bad for us because we're kind of abused and it's cool. Flowers though. in the yeah, attic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. BC Andrews is definitely there. <laughs> but it's it's kind of a good thing though that they finally get out of the house to go to the post office to collect all the mail. And for some reason, she's getting all this mail from Italy for some reason. Where she's like, I, I don't know anybody from Milan. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird, but I guess I'll take it because it's for me. And we have you. a room uh, if you guys want to stay over. Oh, really? That's cool. Maybe we could bone for the first time. That'd be cool, this, too, Thomas. This is the king's favorite part. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, why don't we got the bone? Of course. We, we but we all, know how much you like, we all know how much you like Hiddleston. <laughs> I do. He's good. He's a smooth yeah. operator. Yeah. And and then but it threw also, me off, though, that during the sex scene, we, there, uh, the only nudity we see is Hiddleston. You know, and well, that was his idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I found that out. Was that was his idea? It's like, hey, how about we just show my ass, not her? <laughs> well, he felt like there was enough female nudity in movies, so why don't we just have a male? Yeah. You know, for you know, something like, well, that's fine. But it's just that you get no. this, oh the consummation finally <laughs> that he actually does care for her. Like it, like the con's kind of over mm-hmm. for him. Like he still wants to do it, but at the same time, now he has feelings for. Her. You know, Lucille's totally yeah. in it. Like, she's like, let's kill this bitch. And he's like, I don't know, though. She's kind of cool. Like, she's a writer, and she does stuff. Like, keep her around for a little yeah. while. Yeah. She, yeah, she, 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 yeah, she, of she course. Let me put her, her in her butt, sis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And for someone who's supposed to be a virgin, she jumped right on top. Let me tell you that. Damn. Oh, and she was right into it, wearing all her buttresses and all the layers that she has to wear back in 1901. That was a challenge, but she handled it pretty well. Those, those years of, uh, you know, years of, of waiting. You know, she, she'd she been yearning. Her loins, her loins were, were aching. <laughs> they were. They needed relief. And it all... <laughs> Then again, you get back to Allerdale, where it's like, okay, back to our fucking misery at this fucking place. And that's where she finds out that the nickname for Allerdale Hall is Crimson Peak because of all the red oh. flags that seeps up through the ground. She's like, wait a bum, second. Bum, bum. That fucked up ghost. My mom told me about that. That one time back in, like, you know, way back. She did. And she told me again when I was older, but that's fucking crazy. Did you know about this, Tom? It's weird coincidence. <laughs> Meanwhile, the ghost of her mom's flicking cigarettes at her, going, "I fucking told you, I fucking told you. Did I tell you not Crimson Peak? Did you listen to me? No. You had to get some English stick, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I'm dead. I'm dead because of you getting this guy. Like, mom, stop it. Okay, fine. What is she, some guinea out of, what is she, some guinea out of Brooklyn? You know, oh, <laughs> New York. They're from Brooklyn. I told you. What did I tell <laughs> you? you? Eat it. Are you listening to me? I'm standing over here. I'm making my sauce, and you had to go get yourself an Englishman. That's fine, but I swear to fucking God, if you fuck him, it's over. I'm never coming back. You destroyed me. You killed me again. Eat it. Did you fuck him? Oh, damn it. You did. You totally did in that post office basement, didn't you? Oh, God damn it. I'm going to have to go go to your father that you fucked him now. Your father's going to be so mad. In the post office. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> the post office, of all places, it's not even suitable for that. You were wearing so many layers when you rode that guy. How did you do it? <laughs> Your great grandfather was a postal worker. Show some respect. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one that mailed him out of rain or sleet or snow. And this is how you're going to desecrate his memory? Damn you, Edith. Damn you and your writing. Damn it. What did I tell you about Crimson Peak? Sorry, Mom, but he was looking good at it. I don't even care. Look at that guy's ass. It's so flat. How could you go for that guy? He's English. He's got a flat ass. And he was on clay. He was on red clay. And that scene, man, you know that was thrown in for all the Loki fangirls out there. You know, they probably were fucking squealing in their damn seats. You know, that they finally got to see a shot of Hiddleston. You mean like the king? Yep, exactly like the king. Woo! Hiddleston ass. Get some. Come on, Edith. Why are you talking about this? Loki, Loki, you want some of this frost giant over here? The king's got you. (laughs) (laughs) Prince Laufrey. Loki, what are you doing home here? (laughs) What's that hammer in your pants? I thought that was Thor's. It's mine now, brother. (laughs) And then you get back... And his sister's all pissed off because you just slept with Loki. <laughs> what? Let me smell your fingers. Thomas, let me smell your fingers. What? What? I didn't do nothing. Let me smell them. Mm. Smells like Edith. How would you know? I have my wings. <laughs> Which is kind of fucked up. Ju- you know this. I saw a movie with Julianne Moore and, uh, uh, what's her name? The, the Gollum chick from Ted 2. Oh, oh man, had to smell my. 
Yes, yes. The smell my fingers thing would have worked real well. <laughs> but but yeah, upon returning back to Allerdale Hall, you have the Scooby Doo uh-huh. fucking portion of this movie where she's like, I'm gonna look into some shit because I got time. No one's gonna stop me from looking into this weird Italian letters that I got. Oh man, my father said that you failed in London and Milan and this other place. These letters all come from that place. And what's this? A wax cylinders? Got them. Got you, Thomas. Got you. I'm gonna find out what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm gonna play yeah, this really all, loud in the middle of the night so you can't hear me doing the investigation. <laughs> yeah, it's just all of a sudden it becomes like a um video game where she's gotta sit there and put these pieces together, you know, find the key <laughs> to unlock the cabinet to get the cylinders, then get the phonograph, uh, send pull the phonograph, then we have a <laughs> then we have a capture scene of all 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 three cylinders being played at the same time. But yeah, you know, finding <laughs> how to yeah. <laughs> he's done this before. <laughs> You know, who working, you know, running, yeah, running a scam to, to um, marry chicks and get their money. Yeah, they didn't hear her playing these fucking things in the middle of the night. They're like, "Hey, is that her scheme being played out really loud downstairs?" Nah, that's cool. <laughs> she doesn't know anything. She's being poisoned yeah. by she. No way she's gonna come up with it. Yeah, she she definitely should have had her AirPods in while that was going on. <laughs> 1901 AirPods. Just gigantic fucking speakers in their ears. Look at these fucking things. Apple was way ahead of their time. <laughs> but, yeah, she plays the wax cylinders, and you find out about Enola Shadi, who was an Italian woman that was once married to Thomas, and now she's a ghost in the house trying to attack her. And of course, Thomas and Lucy are like, oh, that's fucked up. There's no ghosts in this place. None. We've never seen any. You're fine. How about some more pee, huh? All right. Yeah, we'll pee. <laughs> Definitely no poison in this, by the way. Just drink it. No. Nope. We're not going to have any because we're, we're full. We, we we drank so much tea before you came over here, so we're just going to let you have it. Yeah, but but you just keep laying in bed, coughing up blood. We're going to give you some tea. We're going to sit there and do a mini misery moment here of you laying in bed and saying, we're going to take complete care of you. <laughs> Don't you worry. You're never going to – we're eventually going to get you out of this bed. Don't you worry. <laughs> because then back in America, you got Dr. Alan Carmichael doing fucking Fred and Shaggy fucking Skippy work too, where he's like, I wouldn't look into this. I don't trust them. I don't get them. They're weird. They're British. Oh, shit. They did a lot of shit. I got to go there and help her. Oh, wait, <laughs> I go to help her on my motorcycle. Wait, that's Jack. That's, nope, nope. We're going we're gonna to go by train. Sour to all. Go by train. Take go by train from Boston to England, <laughs> and somehow he somehow he gets there really quick. Took him half a day. He was there within like four hours. That's how it worked back in nineteen oh. But you find like, that listen, also. Listen, Clay. I think yeah. something's going on over there with these guys, <laughs> and you know, I think Yo, you need to investigate these guys. Wrong movie. And I, <laughs> Come on, Clay. MC- I thought he was going to get the whole MC together for it, but no. <laughs> Alan, look. Your girl is fucking some weird English guy. He's got some shit going on with his sister. I'm pretty sure they're fucking. So you might want to take that early train to fucking England and go and figure this shit out. Bring him back to America. Hey, we're going to have some look at meatballs when she comes back. She's coming back to Buffalo. Get that chick. <laughs> Because there's some shit going on. <laughs> but, 
when you have the discovery of Edith going up in the elevator and seeing Lucille and Thomas, like, getting it busy, it's like, oh, my God, how could you? He's like, uh, yeah, shit. No, no, she came on to me. She came on to me. Did you not see this? Uh, yeah, she was totally like, I want to get this dick. And I was sort of like, no, Lucille, no, we're brother and sister. But she's like, I got to get it. Come on, Edith. Come uh, on. You got to believe me. Edith. Come yeah, on. they went full on. They they went full on Skywalker with this shit. <laughs> oh yeah, letting her hair down finally. You get to see her with her hair down, macking it with her brother. She's like, you should have expected this. She's like, what? Uh, no. <laughs> what the fuck is going on right now? Like, you like, guys are brother and sister. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't lie. Give me a break. You know you watch Team Skeet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you All got a while for time. Net. Don't tell me you don't know step, about this. So. Step siblings <laughs> caught, you know, that kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, no way out of this now. I'll just try to work my best. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, Edith. This isn't what you saw. You're having a dream. You're dreaming. You're dreaming. <laughs> this isn't actually happening. <laughs> Like, I totally am being serious. I'm awake. I'm okay, well, all right. Out of the bag now. Marriage and murder is our business, and it's not going so good. <laughs> Just found out everything. But, yeah, like right, uh, the monkey had said, all of a sudden, Alan shows up, and he's like, to the rescue. And he's like, what? Where the fuck did you come from? Like, you were just <laughs> in Buffalo, New York. How did you get here in the middle of the night? <laughs> yeah. And, and especially because oh, nobody okay. And especially because he he walked the last four hour leg of it, but somehow it gets there super quick. You know, <laughs> go fucking figure. Well, she would have also <laughs> had to have taken a boat to get there. Which yeah, no. Would have, which would have taken easily a good couple of weeks. Uh, okay. It's one of the shortcomings yeah. of the story. You know, I think Were that women not allowed uh, to vote then. They don't do enough. <laughs> To tell us the Stuff time like passage, take a boat. you know. Yeah, no, yeah not a boat. A boat. A boat. <laughs> well, he was on a boat. <laughs> Boats and hoes. <laughs> Alan's riding in style on the boat <laughs> and hose boat. <laughs> but yeah, but he 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 up, you know, there. he he he's and then he makes it clear that he's here to take take her away because she uh. You know, she's suffering, she's got illness, she needs to get out, she needs to get taken care of, you know. And Lucille's like, okay, Thomas, sure, let him go. Here, here, take this knife, take this knife. You know yeah. what to do. Come well, on, she wants come to on. Get a <laughs> yeah. She's like, I've been doing this the entire time, now it's time for you to fuck him up. Like, you know, I've been doing all the dirty work, and you've just been going, oh my god, oh my word. No, now it's time for you to fuck this shit up. So go over there and stab that fucking hunk in the fucking armpit. And he's like, okay. <laughs> but you have Dr. Allen, you know, going over to the door, and he's like, oh, where can I stab you that's not going to kill you? It's going to be inconvenient. It's going to suck, but, like, where can I do it? He's like, here. He's like, okay, got it. He's dead. Obviously, I'm not the doctor here. I'm the ghoul, but... um. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Huh? I, I was pretty sh- pretty sure that the initial wound would have been enough to <laughs> oh, kill yeah. him. Yep. 
would have killed him. Pretty yeah. sure there's like a but, major major artery right there that uh, would have been completely yeah. severed, and uh, yep, it would have been glup glup glupping. You know, like in the scene at the end of uh, <laughs> glup, Kill Bill glup, Part glupin. One. In, yeah, well, you know, uh, when, uh, when when she's fighting, um, what's her face, man, the uh, Lucy Liu, and they cut each other at that one point when they they run by, and you just hear the little water thing going glup 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 glup, glup and it just dumps out, and you know, Lucy Liu realizes that she's screwed at that point. Uh, one of those old Tarantinoisms. Uh, okay. I'm telling you, we'll see the movie now, and you'll see, you'll see it happen, man. It's it's when right. Lucy oh, yeah. Liu realizes that she's fucked. But uh, with this one, yeah, again, he he does the thing of him stabbing him in the chest, where it's not going to be fatal, so he could take him down to the basement where all the the big jars are of, of clay uh, that they put a baby in at one point. That that was a big reveal. And I was like, that was fucking pretty hardcore for a Tarantino of the show. You know, a baby corpse coming out of the clay. Um, but it's Lucille now with Edith forcing her to sign over everything to the Sharps because they're penniless. Baby they corpse, baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> no! Baby. Um, <laughs> but sign over everything to me and it's going to be fine. You know, we're penniless, so just, you're dying anyway, so it's not going to fucking matter. And, of course, you have her fighting back with her mighty pen that her father gave her, stabbing her in the chest. Now, the pen comes back. <laughs> That's because she she explains to Edith that she's the one that killed her dad. You know, hey, hey I'm the one that took out your dad, by the way. <laughs> Which doesn't make so sense. After that was everything. obviously fucking Tom Hiddleston. It wasn't her. Like, even the outline. It's like, clearly it's Tom Hiddleston. But she says that she's... I don't know, man. Jessica Chastain's got a pretty manly build, dude. I think she's like more man than Hiddleston might be. <laughs> she's a man, baby. <laughs> she's a manly man. But, oh. <laughs> you know, once once Eve escapes after stabbing Lucille, she's like, okay, well, this is fucking done. So I'm just going to have to run out of this fucking house. And then you have a confrontation between Thomas and Lucille where he's burning everything, where he's like, fuck it, I'm done. Like, I love her, and I don't love you anymore. We're done with that because that's over. Uh, no, I have to kill you it's, now, Thomas, because I have no, to clear up. Okay, okay, but no, but he convinces her for just a second though that you know they can go anywhere, they can start fresh, oh, they yeah. can start new, and no, and she starts she to feel that you know she, it, but then he does the he asks for a threesome in the worst way possible, and gets a very yeah, negative answer about that threesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was just she killed him the fucking nastiest way. Just those multiple stabs to the chest and then the face. Again, like you know, the girl oh, earlier. The, 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 the face stab. You know you follow a lot of like uh like you know, ID channel stuff and things like that. You know, they always see it. there's always such a difference between, you know, crimes of passion versus you know, calculated murder and everything. So that extra uh-huh. little detail of the face stab, the idea of, you know, trying to destroy somebody's, you know, face just so that it's to just dehumanize that person, you know, and that you'll see in a lot of cases where somebody does care about somebody, they're trying to do that just to, like, stop that. So it eliminates the horror of what they know they're doing, but they don't want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just one yeah. of those little things. And uh, Chastain, 
you know, for for all of the things that I didn't like her in It Chapter Two, this is the mm. kind of role that she works with. You know, that that kind yeah. of calculating, cold, you know, almost, you know, you, you you feel like she's maybe not even alive, and yet at that very moment right here, you see that, you know, for her, this has always been about him, and that's it, you know, and that I just love. You know, it's, my, it's one of my favorite parts of this movie. I'd say this is probably, oh, if yeah. not my first, it's my second favorite part of the film. Oh, I but yeah, that's when you I see she it. has real she she does have true passion for her brother. <laughs> and after she's killed him when she's cradling his body, just screaming. Oh, my brother's very primal. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it leads to the battle outside, where it's like, okay, now I have to kill this bitch. I'm done. Edith, you're dead. I killed my brother. I got nothing left. So we're gonna battle on this fucking machine that was built to get all the clay out of the ground, and ultimately. <laughs> To Thomas coming back as a ghost. I'm like, no, you're not, Lucille. I'm dead. So you can't do shit. You can't fucking kill me again. <laughs> and it's a shock to the system for her to see her brother dead and being in uh, Edith's defense. Of, I, you know, I do really love her, even though I'm dead and I can't do anything. But, oh, man, I just got to say, though, then she, she comes back with that fucking shovel blow just right on the top oh, of the head, man. just all, bonk. And I was oh. just like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Conk the hell out. Yeah, just that, that nice bruise in the back. It was it was done at that point. Like, no way she's coming back from that. She's gone now. And it leads to the opening of the movie with Edith saying that, you know, go surreal. And that's mm. the whole story of Crimson Peak. That's what she created. That's her big opus. You know, that we opened the movie with Crimson Peak as the book. Yeah. And, that, and then the villagers show up at the very end. Be like, hey, we're here to help you. Hey! <laughs> What's up, Alan? You're from America, right? How cool is that? He's like, hey, it's spaghetti. You know, meatballs. I'm from America. I'm from Buffalo, New York. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just yeah, I know I know we made fun of you know New York accent yeah just a second. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get some ravioli and pasta vizzolo up in here. Come on, go back to America. It's only gonna oh. take us like an hour. I mean, it, if they're from Buffalo though, you know they're not gonna have that kind of accent. No, not <laughs> Buffalo. Yeah, that's upstate New York. They're not gonna be quite Brooklyn in their accent. But no, no, not before we close no, out because no, he has no Brooklyn. No, no. <laughs> what were you saying? Doc, what is the breaking news that you had to bring us up with? Because you did mess it up. So, uh, I don't know how to feel about this, but I came upon this just now. Uh, and I have heard nothing about this before. I'm going on this one article. I have not been able to confirm or deny this report elsewhere thus far, but I certainly will be uh, researching this uh, moving forward. But apparently, uh, Universal uh, is planning to remake Jaws. So that's fake. It's been uh, the word is the what I am seeing, and I know I know he said that there will be no remakes of his films, but apparently uh, they're talking about a broad adaptation of the 1974 novel. Uh, talking, uh, there's obviously no information about who's behind the camera, but the Hope is for, even though Spielberg said in 2015 that he'd never direct a remake, uh, that he's going to executive produce 
and they're eyeing Andy Muschietti uh, to direct. Oh, um, God, please no. Uh, okay, so, okay, okay, okay. All right. So, again, I am going on one source <clears throat> right now. Uh, I don't. I know nothing about this source and their legitimacy. I am not claiming that this is a project that is actually happening, uh, but it piqued my eyes when I saw the headline, and I will be uh, keeping us updated on the show as we move forward. Because I will say this to, to that news, because it did break a couple hours ago. This was originally a April Fool's prank that was put through the We Got This Covered uh, website. We Got This Covered has been known to put out rumors that don't go anywhere. So this is something to take with a grain of salt. Yeah, that's the site that I'm looking at right now. We Got This Covered. Yeah, they have posted tons of things about movies that have never happened, uh, tons of rumors that things don't quite add up. Uh, So there's been a lot of conjecture with We Got This Covered and this rumor about Universal wanting to reboot Jaws. So could it be real? Absolutely. But take it with a grain of salt until we wait, you know, a couple months from now when there's more news about it. But We Got This Covered is not a good source because they have been debunked many, many times with a lot of their rumors about what's going on in Hollywood. So it could have happened, yes. But take it with a grain of salt until you get more official news. But it is it is fascinating to think that there could be a Jaws remake down there's still nothing fascinating yeah. about it whatsoever, and fucking Machete better keep as far the fuck away from it as humanly possible, okay? Jaws is not something that is a comedy in any way, and that guy's... Nope. Uh, again, I'm not, you know, knocking what he did. I just feel like his initial instinct when he does anything that's horror-based is just to go funny, and I think that ruined it chapter two, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, and that's the the thing I'm hearing about in Chapter 2 is that he went too comedic with it. He didn't take the material as seriously as he did with the first part uh, that people seem to love more than anything. So, uh, Again, that is the a first part he was uh, still going off of Fukunaga's, Fukunaga's script and everything, man. Yeah. So, yep. mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see what happens with this rumor. Um, it, it, it is interesting, if anything, to see if this is actually going to be real because, like we had just said, Spielberg said that's the one movie that he would never want to remake is Jaws, and I think it's completely unnecessary um, to redo. There's no reason. It's not dated at all. It's an effective movie. It's a summertime movie that I watch every year. Um, but you never know in this day and age, you know, with the remake train rolling on with a lot of these, these if Jaws could be effective as well. But it's, it's a grand Don't you touch my Jaws. <laughs> Don't touch my Jaws. I like my jaws. Take my balls. Take like my, my balls. Leave jaws alone, okay? <laughs> I want to go down to the shore and I want to enjoy my jaws and I want to get my ices and I want to go and have a summer because that's what it is. That's a movie for the summer. Me and Joey and Donna, we all go down. We watch jaws. We have a little nosh. We have some beers and it's gonna be fine. That's the New York way and that's how we do it. What the <laughs> fuck is nosh? That'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about them meatballs and all that pasta. Hey, just like over at Crimson Peak, we're what? talking about Carmichael with this thing. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, that was Crimson Peak from 2015. Um, but next week, it is the Doc's pick. So, what do you have for us for next week? What are we watching? We are going to be watching uh, a film. And, oh, oh uh, we're people in uh, the film. 
Is that what it's we called? are going to watch <laughs> a film called? Let me just make sure that uh, like which, I forgot what streaming service it's on, so I just want to look it up real quick. No, Frankenstein. Uh, so I have all of the necessary information. Uh, no, what? Um, I believe it's on Netflix. What? Yes, sir. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to you guys on that. Um, so awesome. I'm not ready to make my announcement just yet. Mystery you know what, man? Way, way to be such a tease, okay? You know, here I am. I got my PC in my hand. I'm, like, ready to go. I'm excited. And no, no. Instead, you just disappoint. Oh, oh man. You're not a grower or a shower. It's shower. Yeah, it's no. just... Uh, I, had my, I got my bull. I, I, I had my cannolis. I was ready to eat. I, ready to watch. Now I got nothing. I, I, I sat through this two-hour massage with the doc, and he didn't even give me a happy ending. Jeez, what the hell? No. <laughs> didn't want you pop. <laughs> you That's a problem. All right. So, Doc, you figure it out. We'll make the announcement on Monday as to what the pick is going to be. But thank you so much for joining us for Crimson Peak, and we'll see you back here next week for yours. Yes, and I don't appreciate the, the comments. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Put on I your just, strong pants, I just, okay? I just appreciate you showing up, Doc. How about that? <laughs> Okay, great. I was called Gabe Rapid Show, and I didn't give a shit. So. <laughs> okay, but, yeah, okay, so, okay, so, Doc, any closing Monkey, words? Monkey, sign yourself off. Yeah, don't make fun right. of me, man. I'll make this watch, like, Tremors 4 or some bullshit like that, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, this is the Monkey. Oh, that's the kind of movie you would like. <laughs> yeah, very, very true, very true. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Star Wars. episode. And let me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead and the plug as we close out tonight's show. Uh, you know what? We got no plugs tonight, man. We're going to simply just uh, sign it on out and say, stay scared, everybody. Stay scared, indeed. So until next we meet for possibly Tremors 4, we don't know. But whatever the doc picks, we're going to be back here next week talking about it. Thank you so much for listening. Go on to Facebook.com slash Talking Terror. We're there every day. At least I am posting all these different things that you can check out. Instagram is where the doc and the ghoul live. So if you want to check out what they're posting, check them out. Why not? We're also on iTunes. Want to give us a review? Give us some stars. Show us what you're listening to, what you like, what you want to hear. We're here for you always on all the social media platforms. Until next we meet, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, saying... Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. Hail Satan. Hail Odorous. Hail yourselves, people. We'll see you next time.